Good morning. It's such an honor to be here, to be able to share this message with you. Um, yeah, we're going through this book called Redefined by Arden Devere. Devere and um, today we're talking about uh, redefining doubt. And he turns it from, from doubt, from a doubting people, to a seeking people. Um, so here at Restoration Church, we have, uh, could we get the Restoration logo by chance? Uh, we have this concept of a table. Um, and the table uh, just represents how, how the Lord sets, sets a table. It's our job to come and sit at it, get to know him, fellowship with him. And at Restoration Church, we just believe that everybody's welcome at that table. Uh, no matter your background, no matter uh, what you've been through in the past, no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter even the lifestyle that you're living right now, he, in, he is inviting you to the table. He wants you to sit with him, to get to know him. I just think of Zacchaeus, and everyone looked at Zacchaeus as the worst sinner in town. Everybody hated Zacchaeus. But Jesus pointed at, at Zacchaeus, climbed that tree to get a better view of Jesus, and Jesus pointed right at him and said, I'm going to your house today. And Jesus, Jesus wants to be invited into your house. So whatever, whatever you've heard about Jesus, whether you're online and, um, you know, you've, you've heard about Jesus, but you're just like, oh, that's not really for me, but you just find yourself listening to this message. Our, ch our church and what, the, what we believe the Bible teaches is that uh, Jesus wants you to come and sit at the table and just and sit with him, get to know him. And from that place, you can choose whether you want to follow him or whether you don't. But so in this church, we invite you to come. We invite you to get to know us. We invite you to get to know the family of God. We're way less than perfect, um, but we just love doing life together. Um, so we invite you in that process with us. Uh, so today, we're talking about doubt. Um, and everyone goes through doubt. Um, so what is your view on Christianity? Uh, is it something that you, you were taught since you were little? Is it something that's kind of foreign to you, or is it, and you're, you're not super interested, but you find yourself kind of curious? Um, or, or is it something that you've just began a faith journey in? Whatever, whatever part of the journey that you're in, you're going to experience doubt. Um, I remember when I, I first started experiencing God, and um, I trusted God as my Savior when I was like six years old, but I didn't actually start a relationship with him when I started hearing him and feeling his presence till I was like 10. But I remember it, and I remember just being like, oh, wow, God actually speaks to me. And so um, just those little seeds of faith just started to grow in me as a child. Um, so, so let's... Um, Let's just talk about doubt. Everyone has doubt, um, but but Bevere presents it like it's not a scary thing. It can be very uncomfortable when doubts hit us, um, but Bevere writes, it's easy to assume that running toward God means running away from doubt, but I've learned that's not the case. 
Running toward God does not mean escaping our doubts and questions. It actually means embracing them and laying them down at God's feet. And in the process, we discover something. When we embrace our doubt, it becomes a catalyst for our faith. So, so when you are faced with doubts and questions, what do you do? What is your go-to? Just think about that for a second. Do you kind of um, just write it off like, oh, I guess I was wrong about that. I guess that's not really the answer. I guess I need to go with this. Like, well, I thought was God was going to provide for me, but I guess he's not. So I'm going to have to go do it myself. And, and instead of trusting and staying in that, in that place of trust, we, we start to get our hands in the process instead of just giving it to him. Does that make sense? Um, so, so I'm going to go through some some doubts and just um, just talk about some of the things that I've gone through and some of the things that you guys might experience. Um, if you're new to your faith journey, some of the doubts you might experience is that you don't you don't even believe that God exists, um, and you've you've seen the church, you've seen what the church is like, and you're like, yeah, I don't know if I want a part of that. Um, so you don't want to be fooled into believing a fairy tale. You don't want to receive a false hope. Maybe you're looking around at the world and not sure that you want to know the God who is in charge of all of this. Um, and maybe you're maybe you're have you've been on your faith journey for a while, and um, you've you've come into some doubts. There have been some bumps in the road. Um, maybe you felt like God has given you a promise, and it still hasn't come to pass. And you're still you're still waiting. You're like, man, did God really say that? I really thought that God said that, but it still hasn't happened. Um, maybe you're thinking God told me to do something, and I just can't bring myself to do it. So you're you're doubting that God um, is actually actually giving you a word um, and speaking to you. Um, maybe you're saying I keep messing up, and I can't even talk to God anymore. I feel like I keep letting him down. I'm constantly under a load of guilt and shame. So you're, you're doubting your love, that he loves you. And then the fourth one is, um, I'm deeply offended at God. He doesn't seem to come through for me. He rarely has. When I started on my faith journey, I was excited, but I feel like I'm a bunny rabbit chasing the carrot. If I'm being honest, I'd say that my faith has been replaced by cynicism. I'm fighting the desire to throw in the towel. So maybe you you hear those and you think um, some of those might um, I don't know coincide with what you're going through. So I have three steps for us today to take when you come face to face with doubt. Uh, the first one is express your doubt before God. Um, don't hide your doubt. Like be be honest. Be honest with yourself and be honest with God. If there's that uncomfortable, like, question, because doubt kind of brings fear, right? Doubt and fear coincide together, especially when you're on your faith journey and you've already taken a few steps in, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, did I go down the wrong path? Um, so you, you're, um, you have to be um, honest. You have to remember that God is constantly... Um, Yeah, 
sorry. <laughs> I just, I'm new at this, and I figured at the worst, we can all just go home and just be <laughs> silent. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so be honest. Be honest with yourself before God and um, expose the doubt. Take a moment in your heart right now if any of those things resonated with you, and just be honest with God. Just say, God, this is where I'm at, and and I needed to be honest with you. I have been feeling doubt in my life. Um, you must have faith that God has the answers to your questions, and, and pursue him with all your heart. He will also give you wisdom and clarity on the issue. When questions come, don't be lazy with them. Ask God to help you and search the scriptures to find the answer. So I like to think of it um, in a sense of, of when doubt comes. So God says in Ephesians 6, we're supposed to put on the armor of God. And um, so we're, we have the breastplate, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, uh, the belt of truth. And when when doubt comes, it's coming to test your armor. Uh, and do you, do you have a strong armor or is, are there holes in your armor? And I like to think of that, that, that doubt reveals some of the holes that we have in our armor. Um, and, and Bevere writes that, that when we do doubt, don't be afraid of going out and getting wisdom. Seek God, seek, seek truth in the Bible and get the answer that you're seeking. And always, the Bible is, is our, our f- the final word. And you can, you can know truth from, you can visit with other Christians. You can, uh, you can vi- um, just do research her- historically, find out what they found on the Bible um, that way. Uh, but, but the word is always the final say. Proverbs 4, 5 says, uh, 4, 5 through 6 says, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forget wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will watch over you. Proverbs 9, 9 6 says, fear the, lo- the fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. So, so the first step, be honest with God. The second step is refocus back on Jesus. So doubt arises when our truth is questioned. So we're believing one thing, and then somewhere along the way, our truth, what we believe, is, uh, is attacked. And um, so maybe your truth is being tested about God. Maybe, maybe God said one thing to you, and another thing is happening. So let me give you an example. Sometimes we misinterpret what God is saying. Sometimes he's saying... Um, Sometimes he, he says, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless you. I am going to um, make everything go well for you. And then our car breaks down. Uh, you know, we run out of money. <laughs> just like all these bad things just start happening. And we're just like, God, like what, what happened? I thought you said everything would go well for me. Well, God sees you. God sees your heart. He sees your crutches. He sees the things that you're using to get through life instead of him. So when he says, I'm going to make everything go well for you, he's saying, I'm going to make you strong in spirit. I'm going to make you strong in in your soul so that you're not going to need these other things. 
So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start shaking your life a little bit so that you become somebody strong, so that you become a warrior on the inside, so that when you go through fire, when you go through deep waters, you're not going to be shaken, you're not going to burn, you're not going to drown, because, because you're going to be on a solid rock. All those other things aren't going to matter to you as much. And, and that's what we see right now in our, in our country, right? We're, we're seeing so many things being shaken. And, and um, just one thing at a time, it's like, wow, could this get any worse? And then another thing happens and another thing happens. And, and God is waking up his church and saying, hey, you're hanging on to all of these things that have nothing to do with my kingdom. Those things are, those things are little little blessings of your life but they're not lasting they're not going to carry you into eternity they're not going to carry your neighbor into eternity so i'm shaking those things to show you that those are those things i don't want your heart to be after those things and so when we feel all these things taken and 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 um you know we feel like our life is just like shaking all around of all, all around us our comfort our our control of things um just the rights that we have as as Christians, we see all these things being taken from us, and God is like, no, I don't want you hanging on to those things. I want you hanging on to me. I want you looking at my face alone, only my face. And as you do that, you will grow strong in spirit. Your life will be blessed, not because you have a lot of money, not because you have a, a everything going well in your life, but because because you are on a straight path, you're on a solid rock, and you can't be shaken anymore. And that's that's what God is doing right now to the church. He's saying, He's saying, rise up. I'm completing your armor. All these doubts, all these different things that are trying to grab your attention. Right now, I'm completing your armor. The third thing that I have, so we have um, we have be honest, refocus back on Jesus, and then the third thing I, I have is get back out of the boat. So mo- most of us know the story about Peter getting out of the boat, walking on the water. I'm going to read it. Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. Later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from the land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, cried out and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Lord, if it is you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. So I love this story because it's a perfect example of the process of faith. 
so our eyes become open to a spiritual promise that we might be able to walk in. Like Peter saw Jesus walking on the water, and Peter was like, hey, can I do that too? <laughs> Invite me out to you. And so Jesus said, yeah, go ahead, come on. Um, but Jesus never told him the instructions, you know. But Peter got out of the boat, and, and Peter started walking towards Jesus. And then what, what happened? We all know Peter started looking to the left and the right and like the storm, the storm, the storm. And uh, so Peter just started falling, you know, and that's what happens to us. We see, we see God or we see a truth and we're like, okay, I'm going to walk towards that. I'm going to walk out in faith. But then what happens? We see the storm. We see something that comes against our truth and we're like, ah, ah. And so we start sinking. We don't rise up in faith. We start sinking, shrinking back. The Bible says that God cannot be pleased with those who don't go forward in faith. So always be going forward in faith whenever doubt comes at you. Um, and I love the rest of the story. So Jesus comes. He saves him, right? The grace of God. And, and the grace of God always does that if we, if we allow him to. If we cry out, hey, help me, help me, I need help. So Jesus comes, gets him, pulls him out of the water. And then they walk over to the boat. And then it says everyone in the boat worshipped him and said, Jesus is Lord. So when you go through that cycle, when you step out in faith, something comes against you and you rise up and you say, hey, I've got this. God's got this, actually. God's got this. Um, the people around you are going to say, wow, God really does exist. God really is true. God's, God is real. Um, So the, the question that I have for you today is, is when you come up against doubts, what, do you ever think of the question, why am I following after God? Is it for me or, or is it for him? Of course it's, it's, it's for me because it's like, I, you know, I want to be saved. I want to have salvation. I want the truth. But when it comes to following him, you know, do we have, do we have that, that idea that everything's going to be easy for us? God is just going to make the way and all the stumbling blocks are going to disappear and everything's just going to be good. Now, God will make a way. The Bible clearly says that. But it's probably not going to look like the way you thought it would. You're probably going to have to die along the way. <laughs> I mean, like spiritually. Or physically, but <laughs> um, either way. <laughs> but either, either way, um, as we walk towards God, the, the ideas in our mind that we have about God or uh, the things that we think about our life that are supposed to happen, um, they, are, they are constantly um, being challenged. They're constantly being shaken. And if we're not in it for the one purpose of following after God, all those other things are going to be pulling us back. Does that make sense? So when you're, when you're walking in faith with God and something happens, something comes up, you have to make that decision, do I still continue to follow God? It doesn't matter what happens. It does not ma matter what happens. Do I have that, I call it a blank check trust. 
no matter what happens, I'm going to trust you through this because I know that you called me here, you brought me here, and you have the answer for me. And it, and it comes at a, at a cost. The first commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And sometimes we get, we get um, really off focus of that. We start coming to church, we are doing everything right, we're getting rid of sins, and then something comes up in our life, we're like, God, what was that? Like, I thought you said it was going to go well for me. I mean, so many people start following God, and they, they can't continue in it because it's too difficult. I'm, I'm telling you right now, like, following after God is, is a very, very difficult thing to do. It costs everything. It costs all that you have. It costs all of your dreams, all of your desires. And it costs your life. It really does. And I think even more now than ever, God is raising the, the, the church up, and he's raising the bar of what his expectation is for you. He's saying, in the past, I gave you grace to walk in this way. And I know that you stumbled, and I know that you didn't do your best, and I know that you weren't really focused, but I still gave you grace. But now I'm saying it's time to get refocused. It's time to stand strong. It's time to start being diligent. It's time to giving every second, every moment to me. Because he knows what's ahead of us. He's getting you prepared for what's ahead. And I'm not saying like, you know, doom and gloom is coming. I'm saying your father loves you. And he wants you to be prepared for the future. He wants you to be pre prepared for his glory on you. Like he wants to pour out his spirit on you so much. But, but, but our little shaky, you know, <laughs> undiligent doubtful selves, and I'm talking about me, <laughs> can't handle it. So it's like, Heather, I want you, I want you to, to be accountable to every moment throughout your day. I want you to give all of yourself to me. And every answer, every reason that you're following God, besides just loving him, will be shaken. And eventually, you're going to have to give those other reasons up, or you're going to have to give up your faith, one or the other, because you're going to come to a crossroads where God is saying, that has to go, that has to be cut off of you. You're following me because you're just expecting blessing, but you're not following me to share in the suffering of Christ. That has to go. And I, I believe fully that God is taking his church through this time right now, a time where, you, where he's saying, hey, I've blessed you for so long. And now it's time to share in my suffering. And I'm not even talking about persecution. I'm just talking about stop watching so much Netflix and get in the Bible. You know, get up, at, get up early in the morning to start spending time with the Lord so that he can start building up your faith, start building your soul. 
And just as Christy was, was playing the, the consecration, consecrate yourself to me. Man, the spirit of God was just so heavy in this place. She's just saying, can you consecrate yourself to me? I know you decided years ago to consecrate yourself to me, but can you raise up to the next level of consecration? Right now I'm expecting an, a new level of diligence, of integrity. Job's faith was ideal, right? The Bible says in spite of everything, Job did not sin or accuse God of doing wrong. I love the old Michael Card song. Does anybody know that old Michael Card song? It says, who is it that darkens my counsel, who speaks empty words without knowledge? Raise yourself up like a man and answer me now if you can. That's what God said to Job when he's, Job started asking him questions. So Job did very, very well. He didn't sin or accuse God in anything, but, but God still rebuked him. Who is it that darkens my counsel? And I believe that if, if Job had done one wrong thing or if he could have done something a little bit better, it was just, it was not looking at him, his circumstances to gain identity for himself or for God. When you think about it, all these bad things started happening and then he started looking at himself like, did I do something wrong? Like, like, please show me. And all of his friends were like, yeah, you did something wrong. And, then, and God, is, God is saying, or, and even Job was like, God, speak to me. Like, what, what is going on? Why, why have you decided to do this? And God rebukes him and he says, who is it that darkens my counsel? Who speaks empty words without knowledge? God is a master poet, isn't he? He just really is. So the biggest mistake that we can make is letting our circumstances shape what our truth is. So in this time, as God is raising the bar, he's also raising the bar of how much, how much truth you're standing on. If you're not walking on the rock of truth right now, you will be shaken. You have to be getting in the word. Because there, there is some crazy warfare that is going on right now in the church. And if you step into this war, if you're serious about following God, you're going to find yourself in that warfare. And you're going to need truths to back up why you're there, what you're doing, what you're after. So be in the word. Be in the word. About six years ago, um, we, John and I got pregnant and we, with our second son, and you guys know the story about Judah, most of you. Um, he passed away after three days. But um, when I was about 25 weeks pregnant, I was scrolling on Facebook one night. It was late at night. I was scrolling on Facebook, and um, there was a story put on there about a girl that had lost her baby after not feeling him one night. And it was a horrible story. I shouldn't have clicked on it <laughs> because I'm pregnant with my baby, you know. But I clicked on it, and I was just interested. And, and so it just tells the story about how this girl, um, and, and it's, you know, it's a, it's a really sad story, but she, she stopped feeling her baby. And um, her baby ended up dying. And 
like, as I read it, just so much fear, like, came into me. And I started fearing, like, oh, like, God, um, like, is my baby okay? And I started, like, pushing around, making sure he was still moving. And, and, and he moved, and he was kicking around, but, um, but the fear kind of still was settling on me. And, and I was like, you know what? I'm going to choose faith. I'm going to choose that my baby's going to be fine. He's going to be great. And, and I'm not going to worry because the Bible says never worry, right? And so faith just like covered over me and I felt the presence of God. And, and, um, and then as you know, you know, um, months down the road, we ended up losing Judah anyway. And that, that, um, that time came back to me. When I trusted God, I put my faith in God to really um, step into faith. And I was like, what was the point of that? Like, shouldn't I have feared? Wasn't it right for me to fear? Because I, I, I was going to lose my baby anyway. And what's the, what's the point of having faith and not fearing when when the bad happens anyway what's the point of that and and god spoke to me through that time it wasn't a specific moment but he just showed me that that the promises of heaven the finality of heaven has to be enough for us it has to be enough for us that as we pursue god as we follow after god the promises that we get in heaven fulfill everything that Christ did. I mean, God doesn't really owe us anything, right? But he has all of these promises in the Bible. Hebrews says that so many people walked through a life of faith, and they didn't, um, they didn't see any of those promises come to pass. So when you're, when you're face-to-face with a, a question or a, a life issue or something that's um, painful, something that's confusing. You might get your answer here, and you might not, but you, ha- you have to be okay with not getting your answer and fully receiving the promise in heaven. And that's, that's, what I, that's the promise that I have with Judah, is that I don't get to hold him now, but I know where he's at. And I have so much joy in that. I don't worry about Judah. I mean, that, that, that doesn't just, like, buffer the pain or make me feel any better. That changes everything. And it should for us, too. If we have our eyes on heaven and doubts come, they really shouldn't matter so much to us because we have everything in Christ. We, I tell my son, this is, this is the amount of our life on the earth. <laughs> this is how much time we have to show God how much we love him. This is how much time we have to show um, show God that we're serious about our faith. And eternity, all the rest of our life is all of Huron. That's what I tell him. And because uh, he can kind of, you know, picture that in his head. Of course, it's larger than that. Um, but, but isn't that true? This life is so short. Don't get caught up on the little doubts that come and try to try to um, burn out your faith. Give them to God, press in. 
make sure that you're after the right thing. I was out with my my son, um, Joshua. He's uh, like 15 months. He's like barely walking in his, barely able to walk in his big snow boots. But we were outside and, and I was blowing bubbles. And um, the wind was blowing a little bit. And, and as I blew the bubbles, he would run after them. But they would always pop before he could get to them. And I just watched this over and over and over. And like this, there's a spiritual truth in this of, of God just puts out all of this glory and he puts out all of his goodness. And then we go running after those things. And then when we, then we have doubt when the bubbles pop. You know, we have doubt when like, oh, I put your faith in this blessing. I put my faith in this blessing that you gave me. You know, I put my faith in, in this promise that you gave me and it never happened. Well, that's just, it's just a, it's something that comes out from God. But, but you're not made for those. You're made for him. And when we get our eyes off, you will be sifted. You will be, you will go through battles. <laughs> And it won't be fun. Put your eyes back on God. Say, God, you are my one thing. I'm not reaching for anything else besides you. And that it, it takes practice. All of us are in this, all of us are in this uh, war together. Um, Deuteronomy 4.20 says, The Lord took you and brought you out of Egypt to be the people of his inheritance. As you are now. Deuteronomy 32.9 says, The Lord's portion is his people. Jacob, his allotted inheritance. I just think that that's amazing. When God says he's going to give us an inheritance, and we think of like money. And when God says, you are my inheritance. <laughs> it just shows you that the way we value things is, is really different from how God values things. So when you're going through doubt, ask God, hey, God, how am I seeing this incorrectly? Am I seeing this the right way through your eyes? Am I valuing things th the way you value things? Or am, I, or am I off kilter here? He chose us before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless. In other words, he pointed his finger at you and he said, I want you. I want you as my inheritance. So I just encourage you guys through this season, God is raising us up. God is maybe exposing holes in our armor. I just encourage you to pursue him like you have never pursued him before. Fall in love with him again. And remember that he, he's just, he's after your heart. You're going to mess up along the way, but he's after your heart. He's so pleased with you. Put on the full armor of God, just in, clo in closing. Um, remember, to, remember to put on that armor of God. You're going to need to stay in the word. You're going to need to stay worshiping before him. When things go wrong, drop everything. Drop every thought. Drop any. Anything that's, that's getting in and just, just be before the Lord. Start worshiping. Cut, th cut through the doubt. Cut through the, the hard emotions and just start worshiping.
and see what God does. See how God changes your life. See how God changes your situation. Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Make sure you're after the one thing. And everything else, everything else will be aligned as you follow him. So that's what I'm going to close with. I'm going to pray for us really quick. God, I just ask that you would give us grace today. As we look around and as we have so many questions of, of what's going on, our comfort, our security is being shaken. Some feel like our country is, is falling apart. But God, we want to know what you're doing. And we want to be a part of it. Help us to consecrate ourselves to you. Expose the doubts in us. Expose the, the holes in our armor. to just come before you not reaching for anything else not reaching for your promises not reaching for um, things that you can provide for us just reaching for you give us grace to do this God give us grace with to be honest with you about where we're at and to be excited about what you're doing excited about the future excited about the answers that you have for us that you're building us up and you're not tearing us down and sometimes it feels like we're being torn down but truly you're building us up you're making us stronger Give us strength to stay in the process with you. Knowing that you're right at our, at, at, at our side, holding our hand, helping us through the process. Thank you, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Heather. What a great word. Man, don't let your doubts win. Be honest with God reconnect, refocus on Jesus, and get back out of the boat. Uh, doubts only win when we stop refocusing, when we stop getting out of the boat. So we, we love you. We thank you for being here today, and uh, we want to connect with you. If you're online and you haven't connected with us yet, please put that in the chat, and uh, if you want to contact us for Zoom links or for Slack, we'd love to get those to you. If you're here in the room, there is some information on the table in the back if you want to connect with us more. Uh, we believe that God is for you, and we want to be for you, too. We want to help you in whatever way that we can. And so there's some information back there. If you want to get a copy of the Redefined book, that's there as well. Our hosts are going to dismiss.